in that if you can. And with that, we'll have uh, Pastor Dave Hatcher come up and tie up the conference. Yes, it's been made very, very clear. I'm going to give a short. Why do you keep saying that? Because <laughs> he knows a pastor is getting up here. Yeah, so this is not a talk. Think of it as an extended benediction. But it really is. It really is. I, and and uh, I'd, like it to be, I'd like it to be a benediction of all the things that you've received. Um, a whole bunch of theological reflections on uh, who you are in this time of life whole bunch of practical suggestions and um, uh, about what to do with your life, what to do with the things that God has given to you, um, and a whole bunch of worldview and cultural analysis and where you are and how to deal with it all around you. And now this is um, a, last, a last shot as, as you go. It really is like a benediction, and like a benediction, it will it, it, only be efficacious. It only means something to you if you receive it by faith. So let's ask the Lord to bless us a few minutes. Father in heaven, Thank you for these brothers and sisters in Christ, for the investment that they have given in the midst of the life that you've given to them, the place that you have placed them in this life, the trials, the difficulties, the unsureties, the, the decisions that haven't been made, the answers that haven't been given, the opportunities you have given, and they, they, they want to lay all of that before you. Um, and we all struggle in doing that in so many different ways. Help them to do that as they're sent from here, trusting you in amazing ways and being used by you far more than they could even begin to believe or imagine. Father, bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the title of this conference was, Who Am I and What Am I Doing? What if the answer to that question is that you, you are the good work that God will complete on this earth? That you're the good work. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Paul, with all kinds of confidence, speaking to a church and every member of that church of Philippi, says, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, there is a doctrine, you're familiar with it, called the perseverance of the saints. And I'm speaking in, in the context of that doctrine. It really should be understood, though, as the preservation of the saints or the perseverance of God or the strong gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ applied to me. Because the perseverance of the saints has very little to do with you and everything to do with the God that you worship. Without the efficacious work of God through Jesus Christ, there is not a chance in the world that you could be saved. And without the efficacious work of God through Jesus Christ, there is not a chance in the world that you will be perfected in holiness. We get the first one right as Christians. We screw up regularly with the second. If the efficacious work of God is, is not where your confidence rests, then you are going to find yourself faltering, afraid, losing faith, floundering. But if the efficacious work of God is where your faith rests and you hear the word of God and you hear it by faith, nothing, nothing stands in your way. The purpose of this text, this, this little verse, is to encourage all of the saints of the church in Philippi, all of them. It's addressed to the saints at Philippi in verse 1, for whom Paul thanks God always and with, great and with great joy. While he loves these people and commends them, his confidence is not in them. 
in the same way that my confidence is not in you. I didn't come here to speak to you because I think you guys are the ones who have it all. Except that you do. It's just not, it's just something that was given to you. It's not who you are in and of yourself. Paul's confidence was not in them, but he had great confidence. His confidence is in the promises of God and in the God of those promises. His confidence is in the promises of God and in the God of those promises. Now, you might think that there are some around here who are basically good or at least much better than you or at least much better than others. They're going to certainly succeed. What's going to happen to you? But Paul knows that every believer needs the grace of God from the beginning to the end in order to complete the race. Elsewhere, he condemned the idea that Christians could add to the work of the Spirit in order to do their part in their salvation. Galatians chapter 3 and chapter 5. Brothers and sisters, you were saved by grace through faith and you will be sanctified by grace through faith and not of any works on your own. Being born again, brought from darkness to light, delivered from the bondage of our fallen nature and dead heart, this is all a miracle and no one but God can do it. Jeremiah says, can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard its spots? Then may you also do good who are accustomed to do evil. You see, conversion, conversion is a work comparable to the making of a world. Only God could fashion the heavens and the earth, and only God can create a new nature. Only God can do that. But the same is true of your ongoing sanctification. And while Paul commands us to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, and he does so because when it comes to your own personal holiness, you are a piece of work, and you know it. But he immediately adds that it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. God always gives what he commands, and he works out what he has worked in. You can take these kinds of words and, and, and use them as an excuse to continue on in your sin, have a presumptuous faith, and go ahead. Go ahead. All of what I'm about to say is, is going to be nothing but more gasoline poured on you in the final judgment. Or you can hear these words by faith, believing in the God of these promises and the promises of this God. And it will be the kind of faith that will stand you in a way that you can walk away knowing that you have a future with God day after day after day that you can have great hope in all the way to the end, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter, where, no, no matter what you've lost to this point, God always, always meets you where you are, not where you should have been. And so hear these words. Apply these words in your time of life, and especially in those moments of darkness and doubt. Because there are times, you will have them, there are times where we find our lives are like walking in darkness. Your future, your future seems so unclear the next steps and decisions to make so uncertain that the other things in life, spiritual compromises, unconfessed sin, and hard trials come along also and lead to a sense of darkness, of spiritual darkness. Martin Lloyd-Jones would say, while there were times of sweet communion with Christ, there is now some temporary depression of spirit that seems to overwhelm you or some heavy personal trial that threatens to last forever. But if it is true that all things are working for good, you know the verse, 
if it's true that all things work for good to those who love God, then it is true whether you believe it in the moment or not. And that's good news. Because you and I don't always believe it. Isn't it wonderful news that all things work together for good to those who love God, whether they believe it or not in the moment? If it is true that the testing of your faith produces patience that will make you complete, then it is true whether you believe it in the moment or not. Do you hear that? In the moment of the testing of your faith, it is promised that God is at work in you to lead you to completion, to lead you to perfection, and he's doing it whether you believe it in the moment or not. What do you need to repent of first? What you need to repent of first is balancing your faith on your feelings and your hope only on what you can see. Hebrews says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so here's a benediction. In a benediction, God, by means of his minister, so this is what I do at the end of a service. God, by means of a minister, does one of the most craziest things in all of the world. He places his name, he places God's name upon his people as they leave the assembly and go out into their varied callings. Having been dealt with by his word and feasted at his table, we are sent into the world with a grace that in the midst of whatever sufferings are about to take place this week, will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle us. First Peter 5. It is the place to each of us, it is to place each of us in the hands of him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. How in the world can ministers say such things? They do not say such things because they gave a sermon and really whooped you all up, really inspired you with a great talk and now sent you out to go do the great work. Because what if I didn't? What if I didn't that in that sermon? And who cares if I did? What's it about me whooping anybody up anyway? How does that help you this following week at all? Ultimately, I can't control what's going to take place in your life in the next week. So how can I say such things? How can I lay God's name on people with such confidence? Because ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ are called and do have confidence not in the people, but in God, in the God that they are ministers of. In the God, in God that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I know some of you a little bit. I know many of you not at all. And, and without knowing any of your history, I know that if you're in Christ, I can tell you this. I can tell you this confidently. I am confident that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Because my God said so. And you have said with me, yes, he is my God as well. And if that is true, then it's true all the way, all the way to the end. And so may he strengthen your confidence in his strong gospel at work in the story that is your life. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
All right, let's stand and we'll sing the doxology to close everything out.